The New Atlantis. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The New Atlantis by Francis Bacon. We sailed from Peru, where we had continued for the space of one whole year for China and Japan, by the South Sea, taking with us victuals for twelve months and had good winds from the east, though soft and weak, for five months apace, and more. But the wind came about, and settled in the west for many days, so as we could make little or no way, and were sometime in purpose to turn back. But then again there arose strong and great winds from the south, with a point east, which carried us up for all that we could do towards the north, by which time our victuals failed us though we had made good spare of them, so that finding ourselves in the midst of the greatest wilderness of waters in the world, without victuals, we gave ourselves for lost men and prepared for death. Yet we did lift up our hearts and voices to God above, who showeth his wonders in the deep, beseeching him of his mercy, that as in the beginning he discovered the face of the deep, and brought forth dry land, so he would now discover land to us, that we might not perish. And it came to pass that the next day, about evening, we saw within a kenning before us, towards the north, as it were, thick clouds, which did put us in some hope of land, knowing how that part of the South Sea was utterly unknown, and might have islands or continents that hitherto were not come to light. Wherefore we bent our course thither, where we saw the appearance of land, all that night, and in the dawning of the next day we might plainly discern that it was a land, flat to our sight, and full of boskage, which made it show the more dark. And after an hour and a half's sailing, we entered into a good haven, being the port of a fair city, not great indeed, but well built, and that gave a pleasant view from the sea. And we thinking every minute long, till we were on land, came close to the shore, and offered to land." But straightways we saw diverse of the people, with bastons in their hands, as it were, forbidding us to land, yet without any cries of fierceness, but only as warning us off, by signs that they made. Whereupon, being not a little discomforted, we were advising with ourselves what we should do. During which time there made forth to us a small boat with about eight persons in it whereof one of them had in his hand a tipstaff of a yellow cane, tipped at both ends with blue, who came aboard our ship, without any show of distrust at all. And when he saw one of our number present himself somewhat before the rest, he drew forth a little scroll of parchment, somewhat yellower than our parchment, and shining like the leaves of writing-tables, but otherwise soft and flexible, and delivered it to our foremost man, in which scroll were written, in ancient Hebrew, and in ancient Greek, and in good Latin of the school, and in Spanish, these words, Land ye not, none of you, and provide to be gone from this coast within sixteen days, except you have further time given you. Meanwhile, if you want fresh water or victuals, or help for your sick, or that your ship needeth repairs, write down your wants, and you shall have that which belongeth to mercy." This scroll was signed with a stamp of cherubim, wings not spread, but hanging downwards, and by them a cross. This being delivered, the officer returned, and left only a servant with us to receive our answer. 
Consulting hereupon amongst ourselves, we were much perplexed. The denial of landing and hasty warning us away troubled us much. On the other side, to find that the people had languages and were so full of humanity did comfort us not a little. And above all, the sign of the cross to that instrument was to us a great rejoicing, and as it were a certain presage of good. Our answer was in the Spanish tongue, that for our ship it was well, for we had rather met with calms and contrary winds than any tempests. For our sick they were many, and in very ill case, so that if they were not permitted to land they ran danger of their lives. Our other wants we set down in particular, adding that we had some little store of merchandise which if it pleased them to deal for it might supply our wants, without being chargeable unto them. We offered some reward in pistolets unto the servant, and a piece of crimson velvet to be presented to the officer, but the servant took them not, nor would scarce look upon them, and so left us, and went back in another little boat which was sent for him. About three hours after we had dispatched our answer there came towards us a person, as it seemed, of place. He had on him a gown with wide sleeves of a kind of water chamelet of an excellent azure colour, fair more glossy than ours. His under-apparel was green, and so was his hat, being in the form of a turban, daintily made, and not so huge as the Turkish turbans. And the locks of his hair came down below the brims of it. A reverend man was he to behold. He came in a boat, gilt in some part of it, with four persons more only in that boat, and was followed by another boat, wherein were some twenty. When he was come within a flight-shot of our ship, signs were made to us that we should send forth some to meet him upon the water, which we presently did in our ship-boat, sending the principal man amongst us save one, and four of our number with him. When we were come within six yards of their boat, they called to us to stay, and not to approach farther, which we did, and thereupon the man whom I before described stood up, and with a loud voice in Spanish asked, are ye Christians? We answered we were, fearing the less, because of the cross we had seen in the subscription. At which answer the said person lifted up his right hand towards heaven, and drew it softly to his mouth, which is the gesture they use when they thank God. And then said, If ye will swear, all of you, by the merits of the Saviour, that ye are no pirates, nor have shed blood, lawfully nor unlawfully, within forty days past— you may have license to come on land. We said, We were all ready to take that oath. Whereupon one of those that were with him, being as it seemed a notary, made an entry of this act. Which done, another of the attendants of the great person which was with him in the same boat, after his lord had spoken a little to him, said aloud, My lord would have you know that it is not of pride or greatness that he cometh not aboard your ship but for that in your answer you declare that you have many sick amongst you, he was warned by the conservator of health of the city that he should keep a distance. We bowed ourselves towards him, and answered we were his humble servants, and accounted for great honour and singular humanity towards us, that which was already done, but hoped well that the nature of the sickness of our men was not infectious. So he returned and a while after came the notary to us aboard our ship, holding in his hand a fruit of that country, like an orange, but of colour between orange-tawny and scarlet, 
which cast a most excellent odour. He used it, as it seemeth, for a preservative against infection. He gave us our oath. By the name of Jesus and his merits, and after told us that the next day, by six of the clock of the morning, we should be sent to, and brought to the stranger's house, so he called it, where we should be accommodated of things, both for our whole and for our sick. So he left us, and when we offered him some pistolets, he smiling said, he must not be twice paid for one labor, meaning, as I take it, that he had salary sufficient of the state for his service, for, as I after learned, they call an officer that taketh rewards twice paid. The next morning early there came to us the same officer that came to us at first with his cane, and told us he came to conduct us to the stranger's house, and that he had prevented the hour because we might have the whole day before us for our business. For, said he, if you will follow my advice, there shall first go with me some few of you, and see the place, and how it may be made convenient for you. And then you may send for your sick, and the rest of your number which ye will bring on land. We thanked him, and said, that this care which he took of desolate strangers God would reward. And so six of us went on land with him, and when we were on land, he went before us, and turned to us, and said, he was but our servant, and our guide. He led us through three fair streets, and all the way we went there were gathered some people on both sides standing in a row, but in so civil a fashion, as if it had been not to wonder at us, but to welcome us, and diverse of them, as we passed by them, put their arms a little abroad, which is their gesture when they did bid any welcome. The stranger's house is a fair and spacious house, built of brick, of somewhat a bluer color than our brick, and with handsome windows, some of glass, some of a kind of cambric oiled. He brought us first into a fair parlour above stairs, and then asked us, What number of persons we were, and how many sick? We answered, We were in all, sick and whole, one and fifty persons, whereof our sick were seventeen. He desired us to have patience a little, and to stay till he came back to us, which was about an hour after, and then he led us to see the chambers which were provided for us, being in number nineteen, they having cast it, as it seemeth, that four of those chambers, which were better than the rest, might receive four of the principal men of our company, and lodge them alone by themselves, and the other fifteen chambers were to lodge us two and two together. The chambers were handsome and cheerful chambers, and furnished civilly. Then he led us to a long gallery, like a dorture, where he showed us all along the one side, for the other side was but wall and window, seventeen cells, very neat ones, having partitions of cedar wood, which gallery and cells, being in all forty, many more than we needed, were instituted as an infirmary for sick persons, and he told us withal that as any of our sick waxed well, he might be removed from his cell to a chamber, for which purpose there were set forth ten spare chambers, besides the number we spake of before. This done, he brought us back to the parlour, and lifting up his cane a little, as they do when they give any charge or command, said to us, Ye are to know, that the custom of the land requireth, that after this day and to-morrow, which we give you for removing your people from your ship, you are to keep within doors for three days, but let it not trouble you, 
nor do not think yourselves restrained, but rather left to your rest and ease. You shall want nothing, and there are six of our people appointed to attend you for any business you may have abroad. We gave him thanks, with all affection and respect, and said, God surely is manifested in this land. We offered him also twenty pistolets, but he smiled, and only said, What, twice paid? And so he left us. Soon after our dinner was served in, which was right good viands both for bread and treat, better than any collegiate diet that I have known in Europe. We had also drink of three sorts, all wholesome and good, wine of the grape, such as is with us our ale, but more clear, and a kind of cider made of a fruit of that country, a wonderful pleasing and refreshing drink. Besides, there were brought in to us great store of those scarlet oranges for our sick, which, they said, were an assured remedy for sickness taken at sea. There was given us also a box of small grey or whitish pills, which they wished our sick should take, one of the pills every night before sleep which, they said, would hasten their recovery. The next day, after that our trouble of carriage and removing of our men and goods out of our ship, was somewhat settled and quiet, I thought good to call our company together, and when they were assembled, said unto them, My dear friends, let us know ourselves, and how it standeth with us. We are men cast on land, as Jonas was out of the whale's belly, when we were as buried in the deep and now we are on land, we are but between death and life, for we are beyond, both the old world and the new. Whether ever we shall see Europe, God only knoweth. It is a kind of miracle hath brought us hither, and it must be little less that shall bring us hence. Therefore, in regard of our deliverance past, and our danger present, and to come, let us look up to God, and every man reform his own ways. Besides, we are come here amongst a Christian people, full of piety and humanity. Let us not bring that confusion of face upon ourselves, as to show our vices or unworthiness before them. Yet there is more, for they have by commandment, though in form of courtesy, cloistered us within these walls for three days. Who knoweth whether it be not to take some taste of our manners and conditions? And if they find them bad, to banish us straightways if good, to give us further time. For these men that they have given us for attendance may withal have an eye upon us. Therefore, for God's love, and as we love the weal of our souls and bodies, let us so behave ourselves, as we may be at peace with God, and may find grace in the eyes of this people. Our company with one voice thanked me for my good admonition, and promised me to live soberly and civilly, and without giving any the least occasion of offence. So we spent our three days joyfully, and without care, in expectation what would be done with us when they were expired. During which time we had every hour joy of the amendment of our sick, who thought themselves cast into some divine pool of healing. They mended so kindly, and so fast. During which time we had every hour joy of the amendment of our sick, who thought themselves cast into some divine pool of healing, they mended so kindly and so fast. The morrow after our three days were past, there came to us a new man that we had not seen before, clothed in blue as the former was, save that his turban was white, with a small red cross on the top. 
He had also a tippet of fine linen. At his coming in he did bend to us a little, and put his arms abroad. We of our parts saluted him in a very lowly and submissive manner, as looking that from him we should receive sentence of life or death. He desired to speak with some few of us, whereupon six of us only stayed, and the rest avoided the room. He said, I am by office governor of this house of strangers, and by vocation I am a Christian priest, and therefore am come to you to offer you my service both as strangers and chiefly as Christians. Some things I may tell you which I think you will not be unwilling to hear. The State hath given you license to stay on land for the space of six weeks, and let it not trouble you if your occasions ask further time, for the law in this point is not precise, and I do not doubt but myself shall be able to obtain for you such further time as may be convenient. Ye shall also understand that the stranger's house is at this time rich, and much aforehand, for it hath laid up revenue these thirty-seven years, for so long it is since any stranger arrived in this part. And therefore take ye no care, the state will defray you all the time you stay, neither shall you stay one day the less for that. As for any merchandise ye have brought, ye shall be well used, and have your return, either in merchandise or in gold and silver, for to us it is all one. And if you have any other request to make, hide it not, for ye shall find we will not make your countenance to fall by the answer ye shall receive. Only this I must tell you, that none of you must go above a karen, that is, that is with them a mile and a half, from the walls of the city, without a special leave. We answered, after we had looked a while one upon another, admiring this gracious and parent-like usage, that we could not tell what to say, for we wanted words to express our thanks, and his noble free offers left us nothing to ask. It seemed to us that we had before us a picture of our salvation in heaven, for we that were a while since in the jaws of death were now brought into a place where we found nothing but consolations. For the commandment laid upon us we would not fail to obey it, though it was impossible but our hearts should be inflamed to tread further upon this happy and holy ground. We added that our tongues should first cleave to the roofs of our mouths ere we should forget either his reverend person or this whole nation in our prayers. We also most humbly besought him to accept of us as his true servants, by as just a right as ever men on earth were bounden, laying and presenting both our persons and all we had at his feet. He said he was a priest and looked for a priest's reward, which was our brotherly love and the good of our souls and bodies. So he went from us, not without tears of tenderness in his eyes, and left us also confused with joy and kindness, saying amongst ourselves that we were come into a land of angels, which did appear to us daily, and prevent us with comforts, which we thought not of, much less expected. The next day, about ten of the clock, the governor came to see us again, and after salutations said familiarly that he was come to visit us, and called for a chair, and sat him down. And we, being some ten of us, the rest were of the meaner sort, or else gone abroad, sat down with him, and when we were set, he began thus. We of this island of Bensalem, for so they call it in their language, have this, that by means of our solitary situation, 
and of the laws of secrecy which we have for our travellers and our rare admission of strangers, we know well most part of the habitable world, and are ourselves unknown. Therefore, because he that knoweth least is fittest to ask questions, it is more reason for the entertainment of the time that ye ask me questions than that I ask you. We answered that we humbly thanked him that he would give us leave so to do, and that we conceived by the taste we had already that there was no worldly thing on earth more worthy to be known than the state of that happy land. But above all, we said, since that we were met from the several ends of the world, and hoped assuredly that we should meet one day in the kingdom of heaven, for that we were both parts Christians, we desired to know, in respect that land was so remote and so divided by vast and unknown seas from the land where our Saviour walked on earth, who was the apostle of that nation, and how it was converted to the faith. It appeared in his face that he took great contentment in this our question. He said, Ye knit my heart to you by asking this question in the first place, for it sheweth that you first seek the kingdom of heaven, and I shall gladly and briefly satisfy your demand. About twenty years after the ascension of our Saviour, it came to pass that there was seen by the people of Renfusa, a city upon the eastern coast of our island, within night, the night was cloudy and calm, as it might be some mile into the sea, a great pillar of light, not sharp, but in form of a column or cylinder rising from the sea a great way up towards heaven, and on the top of it was seen a large cross of light, more bright and resplendent than the body of the pillar, upon which so strange a spectacle the people of the city gathered apace together upon the sands to wonder, and so after put themselves into a number of small boats to go nearer to this marvellous sight. But when the boats were come within about sixty yards of the pillar, they found themselves all bound, and could go no further, yet so as they might move to go about, but might not approach nearer, so as the boats stood all as in a theatre, beholding this light as an heavenly sign, it so fell out that there was in one of the boats one of the wise men of the society of Salomon's house, which house or college, my good brethren, is the very eye of this kingdom, who having a while attentively and devoutly viewed and contemplated this pillar and cross, fell down upon his face, and then raised himself upon his knees, and lifting up his hands to heaven, made his prayers in this manner. Lord God of heaven and earth, thou hast vouchsafed of thy grace to those of our order, to know thy works of creation, and the secrets of them, and to discern, as far as appertaineth to the generations of men, between divine miracles, works of nature, works of art, and impostures, and illusions of all sorts. I do here acknowledge and testify before this people, that the thing which we now see before our eyes is thy finger and a true miracle. And forasmuch as we learn in our books that thou never workest miracles but to divine and excellent end, for the laws of nature are thine own laws, and thou exceedest them not but upon great cause, we most humbly beseech thee to prosper this great sign, and to give us the interpretation and use of it in mercy, which thou dost in some part secretly promise by sending it unto us. When he had made his prayer, he presently found the boat he was in movable, and unbound, whereas all the rest remained still fast. 
and taking that for an assurance of leave to approach, he caused the boat to be softly and with silence rowed towards the pillar. But ere he came near it, the pillar and cross of light break up, and cast itself abroad, as it were, into a firmament of many stars, which also vanished soon after, and there was nothing left to be seen but a small ark, or chest of cedar, dry, and not wet at all with water, though it swam, and in the fore-end of it which was towards him grew a small green branch of palm, and when the wise man had taken it, with all reverence into his boat, it opened of itself, and there were found in it a book and a letter, both written in fine parchment, and wrapped up in sindons of linen. The book contained all the canonical books of the Old and New Testament, according as you have them, for we know well what the churches with you receive, and the Apocalypse itself, and some other books of the New Testament, which were not at that time written, were nevertheless in the book, and for the letter it was in these words, I, Bartholomew, a servant of the highest and apostle of Jesus Christ, was warned by an angel that appeareth to me in a vision of glory, that I should commit this ark to the floods of the sea. Therefore I do testify and declare unto that people where God shall ordain this ark to come to land, that in the same day is come unto them salvation and peace and good will, from the Father and from the Lord Jesus. There was also in both these writings, as well the book as the letter, wrought a great miracle conformed to that of the apostles, in the original gift of tongues, for there being at that time in this land Hebrews, Persians, and Indians, besides the natives, every one read upon the book and letter, as if they had been written in his own language. And thus was this land saved from infidelity, as the remainder of the old world was from water, by an ark, through the apostolical and miraculous evangelism of St. Bartholomew. And here he paused, and a messenger came and called him from us, so this was all that passed in that conference. The next day the same governor came again to us, immediately after dinner, and excused himself, saying, that the day before he was called from us, somewhat abruptly, but now he would make us amends, and spend time with us, if we held his company and conference agreeable. We answered that we held it so agreeable, and pleasing to us, as we forgot both dangers past, and fears to come. For the time we hear him speak, and that we thought an hour spent with him was worth years of our former life. He bowed himself a little to us, and after we were set again, he said, Well, the questions are in your part, 